The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Hi, it's the Success Show. I'm your host and this show, my name is Jihad. Just a bit of a recap of the idea behind this show is that we bring in inspiring guests to share their stories and their journeys to success, what they do and how they've achieved it. In my personal work as an educational practitioner in personality traits, I analyze individuals' personalities using the model of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and I use examples of the Sahabas or the companions as well as the Prophet's wives who hold the same personalities as the individual in order to, save, uh, to serve as the role models. Similarly, in this show, what I want to do is to bring in role models of today who have inspiring stories to share with us and their journeys behind their success. I want this to be an inspiration for all of us, inshallah. So this brings me to introduce my guest today, but just to let you know that this is a pre-recorded show, so we won't be able to take any calls um, or questions today, but please feel free to text or WhatsApp those, um, or if you have any comments about the show, on 0779481822. Alternatively, you can also comment on Facebook. So our guest today is Samina, who coaches teens to overcome anxiety and step into fearless confidence. Samina works with the teens and their families using therapy and coaching so they can have a strong, fearless voice and rock solid self-belief. Besides discussing Samina's work today, Samina will also be sharing her story about the inner work that she has done herself to get to that stage and and starting her second business as well. Samina, it's a pleasure to have you with us today on the show. How are you doing? Oh, I'm well. Thank you very much. Alhamdulillah. It's good to be here. I was just sharing how I forgot it's Monday morning because we're in summer holidays and there's a lack of structure, etc. But yeah, it's good to be here. I'm, I'm excited about our chat today. Yeah, good to have you. And I'm looking forward, inshallah, to um, having that great chat with you. Um, so perhaps if we can start with um, talking a little bit about, you know, because you work with teens and their families through coaching mm-hmm. and therapy. So if you can tell us more about this work and more about yourself, please. Well, you know what? It started way before then in the way that um, I've been an educator in UK schools for yeah. around 24 years. And so I've spent my life, if you, if you, if you will, you know, with teens, seeing yeah. the stresses that they go through in the classroom, you know, really worrying about them, their friendships, their, yeah. um, their grades, you know, what's my mom, my dad going to say about these things, meeting, obviously, the families and parents evenings, you know, Mm. and so many stories to share and that's really informed my coaching and the therapy programs because I can see where it is that they're lacking so Mm. I guess I did all of that and then you know moving why did I retrain so many people asked me you know don't leave the teaching profession don't do it Mm. and you know I did it in steps because like you mentioned I did have two I have two businesses and I've kind Mm. of cooled down on the first one I set up and you know I, I went into online tutoring I think COVID hit people in lots of ways, didn't it? And it yes. definitely showed us as as a teachers and I, you know, I was the head of science then that actually, you know, do we need to learn in person? Could we do it online? So that really yes. opened up that business for me. And that cut out, you know, that just gave me, you know, as an entrepreneurs and you know this you had that mm. it just gives you that flexibility, doesn't it? That freedom. Um, and having a family myself, I'm a mother of three. Um, yeah, I think so. My so obviously they're all getting older now. The oldest is 21. And, yeah, and then the youngest is um, just turned 15 this month. So mm-hmm. you know they they <laughs> they keep me on my toes as well. But with mm-hmm. all of that, all that background, then pivoting to that first business and tutoring online, I realized that wow, this is amazing. You know, on a side note, we don't pay teachers enough, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I earn way more money than um, I would as the head of science, you know, slogging my guts out. And I, look, it's not about money. I, I loved that job. It was, you know, it is a vocation, I think, teaching. You do it because you really love the impact um, that you're making. But I think I realized um, after a while that actually my impact is limited. Mm. It, it, there's something missing here. Mm. And, you know, the reason why I say that is because I call it the missing link that. Mm. So many of these children, these teens, they had amazing families, right? Not all of them, of course, right? There was a lot of cultural sort of bullying and prejudice and comparing and all that stuff that Mm. I have to deal with now. But that was there. But a lot of these teens, they should have had everything they needed for success. All the ingredients were there, right? Supportive family, all of them had tuition, 
really, really good, um, you know, schools, but they still held themselves up. They still didn't believe in themselves that they could actually do it. And I think that's where I got really curious and really interested and really excited that, hold on a sec, if we could help them, the teens, do the inner work, then that's it. You know, their, their, their future is open. They can go for gold. They can have it. And mm. that thing about self-sabotage, and I guess we, we always think that about adults and about young children. We think, no, 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 they can believe in themselves. But mm. how will they believe in themselves if they've never been taught how to? Mm. Right? But we don't do that in schools. You know, we don't do that. It's not part of our training. Even the pastoral care, etc., and trying to help them with their mental health and things, it's so limited. It really mm. And, you know, I, I know I'm going off topic. I'm so sorry. No, no, go for it. No, no, this is actually really interesting. Um, and I think it's very beneficial to go for it. Yeah. Like in the UK, we have something called CAMS, right? Mm. Um, which is like a mental health support for young people. And I got called into one of their school um, uh, meetings as, you know, a member of CAMS. So I went mm. in and listened to what the, t the school said, that how they're going to support this young team who was really struggling with her own mental health, anxiety, depression, low mood. And the school was, you know, what can I say? You know, I don't, I've been part of the education system myself, but let's be real here. They did, they washed their hands of that child. They washed mm. their hands of that mother who's trying to support her kid and keep her in school. They said, look, I'm sorry, you need to bring your kid in school. Otherwise we have to go down the legal route. Mm. And where does that leave them? Where? I mean, yeah. I'm not saying I have the answers, but looking at that, I realized, okay, this is a real issue here, yeah. you know, where parents are actually trying to, I mean, the work I do, so many parents are not on board with their children, right? Mm. So here we actually had a family who really wanted to help the type mm. of child, understood that mental health is an issue. It's not something in their mind. They're not being overdramatic or lazy. These are the words mm. I usually hear to describe yeah. them. So, but, you know, the school couldn't do anything. So I think this is, and I st like I said, I don't blame the school. They have a lack of funding, lack of training, and maybe in a lack of, I don't, I can't deal with this. It's too much. You know, we've already got this huge school and all these, this data-driven, you know, performance from Ofsted that we've got to do. I don't have the time, energy to try and look after your kid or this kid that has um, anxiety and doesn't want to go to school. You see what I mean, Jihad? It's so many layers. So many yeah. layers. It's quite interesting because I work with with teens and young people as well, and I, I see exactly what you what you're mentioning. Schools only do with one individual at a time because they have so many students there, and as you said, so many other things that they need to to do. And and so focusing on, on child's mental health, although it's out there, it's advertising everything, but you find that it's not really happening in schools. And then when I look deeper into it, as we said, there's a lot going on in schools and not just one child. So sometimes it's difficult for them to deal with one child at a time. So I, I can really relate to that. And I can see, isn't it, Jihad? It's like a tick box. You know, we've given them reduced timetable. We've, uh, we've given them a school counsellor or whatever. And that's it. You know, can't do anything else. <laughs> yeah. And as you said, it leaves a lot of young people and their families vulnerable in terms of what do we do? So that, that work that you do is amazing. And it's coming from experience. As you said, you notice there is a gap there. Um, and that's the best thing is to find that gap and kind of see how you can help and support that. So I love how you, you know, you came from a different background, which is education, mm -hmm. and then you found the gap and then you kind of went and, and decided to, to do something in that area. So I love that. Um, I'm wondering here, because you mentioned that, the, the, the young people, they have a lot of them, they have a, a lot of support and everything in place, but they don't have that self-belief. So I'm wondering why this is. Why do you think this is? Why is that lack of self-belief? What, what, what's missing? From my programs and sessions with teens and families, I think you could kind of summarize it. Mm -hmm. There seems to be uh, several things. One mm -hmm. of them is like a disconnect between parents and the children. Either mm -hmm. that's because parents are not born in the US, US, UK, the Western, the West, mm. and are born, you know, back home in different countries to have, of course, a different upbringing, different expectations, etc. You know, the parent, how they were parented, and they do their best. So this is not about slamming parents at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, there is a big divide, right? Mm. If you think about the child is now growing up in a country in, a, in with cultures and values that are so different from the parents. I did too, I am the first generation. My parents came over from Pakistan, I was born here and then gone through the whole system. So I, I get that, I, I totally understand mm -hmm. that. That's one thing, all right? Mm -hmm. 
The second thing is um, a lot of comparison. So they compare their teens so much. Either it's between um, their children, their own family, or it could be even cousins, or it could be their friends' children. You know, if they could get into medical school, if they seem to understand and they pass the UCA or, you know, which is like a, um, it's like a prerequisite to get into medicine. So a lot of um, teens come to me and, you know, they really want to go for dentistry and medicine. So they talk about that. But, you know, how come they can do it and you didn't do it? You know, what's wrong? You know, um, I, I've given so much tuition to you. You know, why can't you do it? I mean, I just recently had this conversation with um, this young girl, right? Mm. She's actually not a teen. She's like 21 and she's completed a degree. She's actually qualified, she's done her, she's a graduate, but she still wants, sorry, the aeroplane picking her it. she still wants to do dentistry. She wants to go back into the into education for, what would that, she may get a year off because she's a graduate, so four years. And she mm. wants to do that. And I asked her, you know, why do why is this so important to you? Why do you still want to go ahead and, and you know, do a whole new degree and, and become mm. a dentist, you know, why? And mm. it, it, we went back in the sessions and it all came back to that that the line that her father said, you know, well, you know, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do it? The other kid, my friend's family have done it. You've gone to a private school all your life. I've given everything to you. Why can't you do it? So, you know, I, I know this is not everyone, but that's like one typical scenario where it's like, I've done everything for you. So the parent is obviously first gen, you know, an immigrant, worked very hard, given the best to their children, you know, which is an amazing thing. But unfortunately it's actually put her where she's like in a prison in her own mind mm. she cannot break through and it's like i must achieve this so that my dad or whoever it is caregiver is pleased with me yeah. and you can just imagine jihad isn't it like you said you're in this field as well and um, that as she grows up what's going to happen you know mm. she's going to achieve it i'm sure you know she'll push through it and she'll get it maybe she'll achieve it but then maybe issues of promotion come up maybe something about having to compete with someone else she'll hold back thinking i can't do it i'm not that good i'm not good enough. and you hear these things a lot right so in other words why i'm so excited about working with teens is because, mm. because obviously i do work with adults too but mm. i really prioritize teens is because it doesn't take that long to rewire their thinking yeah. and to retrain their patterns of thoughts and their beliefs it's so much quicker mm. and it's like wow you know you've just like unblocked them for their life <laughs> you know not just in career but in terms of it, their relationship with themselves yeah. their relationships you know you know getting married and having families and you know you see like generational issues in it so yeah. you know it makes me so excited to be able to cut that, that cut that loop now you know yeah. fix it now let them be free you know let them be free and, and live that life that they really really want to and maybe they even haven't given themselves permission to dream you know so we can see it can't we through the generations how it works but i know i've gone off topic again i'm sorry no no it's, it's completely yeah. fine it's really interesting things that you're sharing and, and and it's something that you know a lot of people can relate to so the listeners and yeah. can relate to that and benefits yeah also sorry i know you're going to ask us question, but well, i remember your question now you were saying like what's causing it so one was you know the, the difference in immigrant and you know actual raising mm -hmm. and the culture and then number two was the comparison thing and then i guess what was it what was my third one i was going to think of my third one i'm thinking what was that oh this is a little bit dark in the way that there is generally some sort of i don't know if you need to give a trigger warning but some sort of you know background um abuse problems mm. issues um mm. and that's just sort of carrying you know where the mother and uh, it's generally the mother that i found you know as we know the mental health of the mother directly impacts the mental health of the, the children yeah. the family and when she's going through some stress whether that's her own postnatal depression whether that's between her her and her husband and there's chaos in the house but i noticed that that really has led to a lot of, you know, sort of self-harm and anxiety, low mood. And Sorry, so I mean, I'm just going to add to that. To just to <laughs> Sometimes as well, the parents, you know, if we haven't dealt with childhood matters as well, we carry that with us. And that also impacts on our relationships and our communication and so on. Yeah. And our mental health, which directly impacts on our children. So I wanted to add that as well. I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, that's why I love, and I always find this really effective where we do the inner child work and the younger mm -hmm. self work and healing them when they were young mm -hmm. and uh, getting to upgrade that child, you know, and parent themselves in the best way possible. And it's really empowering for that teen to do it. And also 
you know, I find that a lot of teens, they try to rationalize, oh, but you know, my mom wasn't bad. Yeah. My dad wasn't bad. You know, they, they just, they had so much going on. They couldn't yeah. be dealing with what was going on with me. And then unfortunately what happens, and I'm sure you've seen it, but time and time again, those teens who did go through those childhood issues, whatever it was, just being neglected, maybe not hit or anything like that, mm-hmm. but they were neglected emotionally. You know, they were just there, like mm-hmm. a house plant, just there in the corner. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, they never got asked what they needed. They never got, you know, it's such a simple thing that a jihad, it came up very recently, but you know, um, it was, this, she was went, went back in time. She was very young, her and her sister, they're just eating noodles. And I said, what was going on? She goes, I didn't like the noodles. And um, I said, well, why didn't you tell your mom you don't like that flavor? You want a different flavor and you just, oh, my mom has so much going on. We're really broke and she's trying to earn money to feed us. I don't want to put this on her, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, you don't get your way all the time to have your flavor, but you could take it in turns, you know, you know, that could happen. I go, why didn't you even share it or mention it? And it's just like, well, I'm just there, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. kind of there. Um, you know and it we went deeper and you can see it's such a simple thing you know that we you know she didn't get asked what flavor she wanted she just put up with it even though she hated it it was her sister's favorite not hers so such simple things that obviously we try to you know change the ending to that change the meaning to that event that she had but you know it's I've lost my point now, but I was going to say about that. Yeah, you know, we're talking about the kind of things that um, lead to individuals not to have the self-belief. Um, and you've mm-hmm. mentioned one of them was, you know, it could be traumas and certain things that they've gone through, but also things that they have seen from the parents or behaviours from the parents. So it kind of, you know, emphasises the importance of healing from any challenges that we've gone through. Because in a lot of cases, and I, and, and I see it in, the, in, in a lot of the Muslim communities as well as that, we go through challenges, you know, everybody does. And it's great that we have that reliance on Allah. We say, you know, Alhamdulillah, whatever we've gone through is for khair. And that's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But also it's very important to deal with and to heal from whatever we've gone through. Because if we don't, it affects us, whether consciously or unconsciously. It is affecting us. Um, and it, 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 it shows in our behavior. It shows in our communication. Our children pick it up. And we may not even think that they are picking it. But since, you know, you know the mothers since they are pregnant and the child is also carrying that and then you know once they have the children they project that in their behavior as well so we may not even be aware of it but it's very very important um and to kind of you know you know kind of um highlight here is that whatever we have gone through is very important that we revisit it and deal with it and it's important to do this with a professional because sometimes if we revisit it on our own it can be very, very traumatic. Mm. So neglecting it and pushing it away may serve us a favour for, for a period of time, Absolutely. but it will come back. And that's why it's very important that we deal with it. The earlier, the better. But it doesn't mean if we have it dealt with it for many, many years is that we just forget it and just move on because it's still there. We carry it. So I thought that's quite quite important to mention. But yeah, coming back to the main pe- point here, it was why the young people, though they have the support and everything, why the lack of self-belief. And you've mentioned three points. One of them is that, you know, it could be certain things that they have gone through, um, abuse or traumas or any, you know, kind of your voice doesn't really matter. You know, you don't really matter, as you've mentioned, or the parents have gone through certain things. And all the other two that you've mentioned as well. I think it was comparison, like, you know, either comparing to others in the family or in the community, yeah. their friends, and, you know, just the frustration of the father. You could hear it in his voice, isn't it, when this young graduate was going to redo another five years, she's going to commit to five years. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You know, why can't you do it? Mm-hmm. You know, I've given everything to you. I've given you this, a first-class education, extra resources. Why can't you do it? Mm-hmm. So it's that, I think that really is really haunting. And, yep. you know, obviously there was a lot of tears for her, but mm-hmm. you could see, you know, it's just this pressure and she just needed to, you know, release that and not just, you know, release it from, from her mind, but from her body as well. Absolutely. So that, that memory isn't triggering her again, you know, from the amygdala and just get rid of it. Yeah, absolutely. And that also, that points out the, um, and I think I've mentioned it to you when I met you before as well about the personality work that I do and how the Prophet Muhammad was very, very conscious of the fact that we have different personalities and he 
put the, each Sahabi and each companion in the right place based on their personality. So it comes to the comparison because a lot, a, you know, we do that sometimes, you know, and we, we don't really mean it. It's that we just look at somebody's like, oh, they're doing really great because we have that certain things in our mind that being a doctor or being an engineer is great, but other things may not be so great. But the Prophet Muhammad, for example, he appointed Osama bin Zayd from the age of 18 to be leader of an army when there were so many other sahabas older than him and they know they were not given that position and in comparison to that you know abu dhar who is very very well known for his high piety he wanted a role in the public office but the prophet muhammad denied that and he put him in da'wah instead because his personality is right for that place and someone else's personality is right for another place ali for example he encouraged him to go and become a judge and ali was a very confident about it at the start and he said you know i don't have the skill he put his hand on his chest and he made dua for him and he taught him the skill Absolutely. so um it's about placing the right person in the right place and ali radiallahu said you know since then i have never doubted my judging skills mm. so it's about understanding your child it's very important mm. to understand their personality and what roles and duties are suited for them and instead of comparison just find out who your child is. What is their personality? Well, I can share like something. I love that what you've just said. That's amazing. It's really inspiring. And I, I can really share a personal story about that. I think I wrote an article a while ago, but it's you know. Mm. And it's like um like me with my background being very academic and you know, the science, head of science type of thing. When my eldest became um went into medicine, mm. everyone expected it in a way. There's like, oh well, of course she's gonna choose that type of thing. Even mm. though I didn't feel that it, it didn't come from me and nobody would obviously believe me that um, I actually thought she was going to go into more of computer science and that sort of mm. side because her, her dad had that sort of background but mm. anyway she chose it for herself and everyone assumed you know of course that was going to happen and then with my second then my middle child is my son and he is not he's academic but not so strong so he tried the a-level route it didn't suit him and I sat down with him and he's obviously only 17 and I said what do you want to do yeah. you know what do you want to do you know what is this you know you've tried this and I kind of get the feeling you're doing it because you think that's what I want right mm -hmm. and he's like yeah I'm not sure uh, I don't much I, I you know I tried I don't think it's really me maybe I'm not just feeling it I'm not enjoying it so I said what do you want to do and basically he went into his artistic side because he's a real creative and he went down um you know photography fine art eye sculpture all that kind of stuff and now he's sort of landed in graphic design and that's what he's doing and so I could really really you know empathize with with, with parents you know your children are different and it really is you know I could have lost connection with him then if I forced him because I think he would have done it if I forced him if I said look I really want you to do it <laughs> you know, I think I think he would have listened but where would that have got me I would have lost my connection with him he maybe would have lived with a lot of self-doubt always feeling that he's not actually doing very well and not you know fulfilling that potential in him which is real creative side and so now that's what he's done and he's on that in, on that route and he may not even want to go to 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 university and I know that like you know culturally traditionally that's the route everyone does that that's what you do you even you know put yourself in debt and everyone goes down that route yeah. but I think that entrepreneurship really opened up my eyes and my mind and I didn't put that on him you know mm. he doesn't want to do that that's great what yeah. do you want to do? let's do it and I think he's actually coming along that entrepreneur role and you know that's something that he wants to do fair enough mm -hmm. and it's you know I've encouraged that you know get more skills and monetize your skills yeah you know, but it is important and you know like I said you know I've, I've seen it in myself seen it in my families and I really do try to um, share that with parents that come to me because I'll be honest most parents mm. you know most parents they just want the end result that their kid got the grades they went into college and that's it mm. they're like you know, get and that, I guess in a way why I do two things I do the inner work but then I also do the coaching so they can get to their goals because I that's my natural role I've always helped teams reach their goals right mm -hmm. um, and now I just have an extra tool to be able to get that done but mm -hmm. parents mostly want that mm -hmm. not many parents are gonna they're grateful that like I remember having a child with eating disorders and you know she said oh my god this she, my daughter was like a ghost in the house I couldn't mm -hmm. connect with her she was just around the house not really living and mm -hmm. now work that you've done with her she's like alive wow. so, so the mom is obviously really connected with that and that was more important to her but unfortunately mm -hmm. in the same family the father it's about hitting goals it's about you know what grade did you get did you graduate with honors 
you know, is are you getting into med school? You know, what you're doing, and that I guess you know maybe I can't change that, you know, mm -hmm. just with the do, but I think I can make a dent into it. Yeah, you know? yeah. try. I don't think I don't believe it's one or the other. I think mm -hmm. you can both, but there's no point. <laughs> you know, yeah, you've got to do the inner work for the sake of your child. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it's been really, really great having these discussions. I don't know how nearly half an hour has passed this discussion. It's amazing. So thank you for sharing this. And just a reminder to the, before we go for the break, just a reminder to the listeners that we have Samina on the show today who coaches teens to overcome anxiety and step into failure's confidence. And besides discussing Samina's work today, we will also, inshallah, after the break, we'll be um, uh, discussing more of, you know, what Samina's own personal story as well about the inner work that she has done herself to get to that stage and starting her second business as well. Uh, but today's show is pre-recorded, so we won't be able to take any calls or questions, but please feel free to text or WhatsApp your thoughts about the show on 0779481822, or you can send those on Facebook as well. So Samina, we will be going for a short break and then we'll continue, inshallah, that discussion. And I feel like we need to bring you in the show again because, mashallah, there seems to be quite a lot to discuss. So Jazakallah khair. Um, listeners, um, this is Inspire FM Luton on 105.1. We'll be going for a short break. So please stay tuned and we'll see you shortly. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamualaikum everyone, welcome back to the Arise to Success show. We have Samina with us today who coaches teens to overcome anxiety and step into fearless confidence. Samina works with teens and their families using therapy and coaching so they can have a strong, fearless voice and rock solid self-belief. Besides discussing Samina's work today, which we've done prior to the break and we'll continue inshallah discuss it a bit more, but we'll also be discussing her own personal story, working on her inner work or doing her own inner work herself and getting to that stage of starting her second business. This is a pre-recorded show, so we're not be able we will not be able to take any calls um, or questions, but please feel free to text or WhatsApp your comments about the show on 0779481822, or you can send those to Facebook as well. So I mean there's been a great discussion before the break about all the work that you do with teens and their families, mashallah, and how important this is in our community and the gaps that there are and how you know someone could be or parents could be or families could be very, very supportive to the individual. But you've highlighted three main things that can lead to the lack of confidence of individuals or the lack of self-belief, which were really, really important. Before talking about your own experience, maybe uh, your own personal story about working in your inner work, perhaps if you can just tell us a little bit more about the work that you do. Do you provide more family support in terms of working with the family all together or working with teens on their own, working with the family on their own? Is it more individual work or family work together? And yes, yeah, you can tell us more about that. Honestly, like even if um, we have to work with the families, you know, it, it really doesn't, it doesn't help the child the teen when you work with them just in isolation and I think you can see that's true even like from a teacher school parent association type of situation mm -hmm. and then obviously with therapy what would happen is I would work with the teen and things are going well we had an amazing session which I think she was about 13 14 and she mm -hmm. said to me she goes Samina nothing's changed at home she goes it's so beautiful like she listened to the audio recording which is really positive and empowering thoughts and she loved that she goes, I love it. I've never heard these words being said to me ever. But she goes, but nothing's changing at home. And, mm. you know, my mom's still very negative. She's still really critical. She's still really stressed out all the time. Rightly so. The mom had lots going on in her life. So this is not about shaming parents at all. But it's just the reality. And, you know, I had to pick up the phone and say, look, can we ever talk? And I had to give her some hard truths. Really not easy to do, but you've got to do it. Okay, you yeah. do it for the sake of you know, I'm um, actually getting the team to where they need to be. And mm. also the parent, I read the ideal is to get them both on the same page so that yes. they can understand each other. Yes, they need space at the beginning. My work is 100% confidential. I will not break that, you know, as part of my insurance and my, uh, you know, when I'm accredited, etc. I have to do that unless obviously there's going to be, they're going to harm themselves or rob a bank, right? But um, so that, that's there. But working with families is really, really important because at the end of the day, look, is there... Generally, is there anyone on the face of the planet that loves that child more than the mom? Mm -hmm. Right? 
I know there's obviously mums who are not emotionally fit to do that, but generally, yes. So getting her on side is really going to help, you know. And 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 obviously, I do have. I used to do that from day one. And then I started to get really burnt out because, you know, I'd obviously have calls with her, calls with the dad, really trying to get them together. And, you know, it took a lot of time. It was worth it. Mm-hmm. But I then started to say, OK, you know what, I'm going to roll it out officially and make it like this sort of premium package where I deal with, you know, sessions with the mom, sessions with the dad and anyone that's in contact with the the, the team. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. you know, um, an uncle, auntie or older sister or someone that needs to be on her same wavelength so she's not triggered again by the past so I do that now like sort of officially um I kind of hold myself back but you know it's hard not to work with the family I think it's important I think that's answering the question that you know it is important and I know some parents um some mums really resist they really resist me and they don't want to they're like um they just it's like they've they've hired me and they just want me to fix it <laughs> which in a way I can but of course it's in terms of long-lasting results yeah. we need we need the families involved of course absolutely because you're an outsider and coming to fix something is not it's not really practical it's more of a change of behavior that we need to to kind of start doing isn't it because if we're still doing the same behaviors and nothing's changing from our side then of course the team will be impacted or the the one specific individual will be impacted so it's a teamwork it's family support it's everybody working together to support each other and it's not just to support that one person but also for you their own some of their own like a difference between you know um husband and 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 the mother you know father and the the mother the real difference between them of course there are because they've all got different sort of love languages attachment styles all these sort of things so it's it 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 is hard work in that respect but it's worth it you know because we we get to the root cause and then you know you can get real change (laughs) absolutely absolutely that's great and it's great that you're doing work with the whole family because you know as you said working with one individual is great but it's everyone else as well so that's actually a really great package and I love how you developed it where you found a gap Mm -hmm. and an issue with you know with the young people that you wanted to help them and then realizing actually you know what the family as well so you're finding these different cap- gaps and then you're creating a whole package to help the the individual and the, the and the whole community as well because when you help one person you're helping the whole community so that's amazing mashallah coming to the inner work so you've had to do the inner work yourself and that's what i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. as well is that as parents if we don't have it done our own inner work that will impact on our children it will be projected in our behavior as well so if you can tell us a bit more about that inner work that you had to do yourself so many things and you know as you know as we get older we have decades worth of to, to unpeel i will call them like layers you know taking those layers off so i had a lot to do for myself mm. um in terms of you know um self-belief you know imposter syndrome you know i'm not good enough who wants to listen to me <laughs> you know um am i really you know even to the point when i was a teacher i would always i had amazing outstanding results like you know 96 percent of my students would always get the top grades you know a star to a or grade seven to nine but i still if i was to be inspected by ofsted you know the inspectors by um the, the government i would get so nervous oh my god i choke i can't speak um my heart's beating so fast, my voice is all funny. And to the point where the, the, the students would also say to me, Miss, just what happened to you? Like, just be yourself. You know, you, you're so good at this. Like, why why are you like, and it's just that, you know, the, the, those beliefs in yours that you have about, you know, am I actually good enough? You know, yeah, I've got these results, but I don't feel like I'm an outstanding teacher. I don't feel that. And then likewise with, with therapy, it's like, who am I to do become a hypnotherapist? And who am I to do this and become an entrepreneur? You know, who wants to listen to me? And um, all those things, you know, what are my friends going to say? What are my family going to say? And it's true. A lot of them did raise their eyebrows. Like I remember you know um family members looking at me think you know why would you do that why would you give up such a solid career you know because i had you know head of science for so many years and it was amazing um you know i was really well loved there at that school and it was you know two and four but it was really nice why would you give that up for something truly unknown <laughs> where you know you don't even know about business or advertising marketing what do you know about that and that leads me to the other inner work i had to do with in terms of my identity, you know, um, my father, 
uh, when we were a lot younger, I think 10, 11, 12, I was, when he had, um, he was a business owner, he had a supermarket. Mm -hmm. And all I could hear was the stress that my dad was going through, you know, mm -hmm. the stress of, um, you know, pouring money into this business, trying to make it work mm -hmm. and not knowing how to make it work. And he kept losing money, robbery, mm -hmm. so many things going wrong. Mm -hmm. And it was just like really stressful. And I think I heard a lot around the dinner table. And mm. um, I'm one of five. So, you know, we sort of sat around and listened to these things. You know, us, Rizak, like Rizak is my last name. Mm. We're not business people. You know, Rizak are not business people. So I kind of had that label stuck onto me as an identity. You know, we are not business people. So, yeah. you know, when I did say to my dad, I want to give up my head of science role and I want to do online tuition, he, looked at me and was like, are you sure? Like, why would you do that? That's a terrible idea to me. They really came down on me. And mashallah, I would say that I'm very close to my father. Like I always, um, you know, took his counsel, took um, his opinions. So when he did that, I really had, because I had done the inner work before, but I really had to, you know, stand strong. Mm. Say, okay, come on, Samina. You know, really self-talk myself. You know, you can do this. You know, try it. You know, you've made istikhara. Allah wouldn't guide you to something that wasn't going to be good for you to yeah. do. It. And you know, and I think, like you say, my my personal journey has been for so many years that maybe it started with my own counselling, right? For my own you know, family issues and my own imposter syndrome and limiting beliefs. Then it started with you know, joining something called Visionaire. I think you know of that. And yeah. um, they're a big course that Muhammad al-Sharif, the late Muhammad al-Sharif would uh, had done and I'm still part of it but that was amazing part, being part of the discovery family and really sort of taking my worries taking it to Allah and making dua and you know asking him to guide me ya hadi guide me ya fata open up the doors of opportunity yeah. and yes of course every time you do this you know it gets easier with practice right you get less resistance but every time it's like okay, you need to talk to yourself, you know, this is going to be fun, <laughs> you know, reframe, reframe any anxious or, you know, nervous thoughts you have as exciting. And there's a lo lot of um, research done by Harvard Business School that that's absolutely true. You know, um, our physiological response is the same. It's just about what we tell ourselves, you know, yeah. so that's, yeah, so I've done a lot of that. I think it gets easier as you go along. And I've had to do a lot of work in terms of boundaries as well. You know, what are my personal boundaries? You know, between you know, me, I'm married, I have three kids, my boundaries, my husband, my children, and, and then of course, wider family, you know, um, am I letting come in? And I know a lot of my old friends, they look at me because they're still still friends with me on Facebook, but they're like, what is she doing? <laughs> why, is, why is she doing this, you know? Um, you know, what's going on? Like, why has she become a saleswoman? <laughs> and I'm sure they would be proud of you, mashallah, for all the work that you're doing now. I think initially, you know, they didn't get it. It, it didn't suit. Yeah. And of course, there was a lot of throwback from the community as well, you know. Why are you as a woman going on camera and sharing your personality? Because mm -hmm. I am a giggler. I think you have probably giggled a lot yeah. of times. I love that about you. For the first moments I've met you, I can see that, Jinny, mashallah, and I love it. <laughs> it's something very natural. I don't have any control over it. It's just part of who I am. But it's accepting that, right? It's accepting yeah. that, you know, I have a voice. This is my personality. There's nothing wrong with it. Allah wouldn't give it to me, these skills, um, you know, this personality, if I wasn't meant to use it for good, okay? But it's always about that, that self-talk that I have to myself. And knowing that as long as I'm happy with what I'm doing, Allah is happy with what I'm doing, then Alhamdulillah, inshallah, I'm on the right path. And of course, we make mistakes. We do yeah. things that maybe are not right. And we have to check ourselves. But that's a journey, isn't it? That is inner work. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's quite interesting because, you know, you said that you're a giggler, you know, you laugh a lot. When I first met you, I love that about you, mashallah. I can see it in you. You know, you can turn something into something really funny. And I, I just loved it. I was like, wow. Because I'm more of a serious person. <laughs> So can you see how this can be, how this this is a strength and sometimes we can see it as a weakness mm. because we don't realize the importance of that strength or the lack of self-belief as you've mentioned. 
and that goes along as well with you know the strengths that we have as as, as different personalities and how the prophet Muhammad utilized that strength in the right place but unfortunately nowadays sometimes we see that strength as a weakness and we don't make use of it we don't utilize it the right way the way the prophet Muhammad did with the sahabas so it's very important that we start to see the positives in things you know and you know not everything is a weakness i mean of course we all have weaknesses i mean everything that we have is strengths but also is to see the strengths that we have as strengths and utilize them the right way so for example with yourself having that funny personality that's lovely because then you can connect with people really easily like when we've met you know we're, i think we're about 12 people and you stood yeah. out because of that personality that you have mashallah so jihad. <laughs> We need to do that meetup again. Inshallah, definitely. I think the previous meetup didn't work out because of the weather. Inshallah, next meetup, inshallah, hopefully will be soon. Um, so, inshallah, that that strength is very, very important to highlight, and also for parents to notice that in their children, and to utilize that, just so that we can follow the the method of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And again, coming back to that inner work, because sometimes if we haven't done that inner work ourselves as parents, we find it difficult to even see it in ourselves, let alone see it in others. Definitely. So, it's very important to to do that inner work, and that actually comes to my next question: How important? Is it to do that inner work? If we mm -hmm. neglect it, you know, are we doing ourselves a favor? Are we do, not doing ourselves a favor? Can we just get on with life neglecting that? What, what's your input on that? So a lot of things, like when you said that, I'm thinking, I had two examples, but the first thing I'm thinking, if you don't do the inner work, as parents, I'm talking to the parents now, mm -hmm. then you're not having, a, you will not allow a growth mindset for you, definitely for your children, mm -hmm. all right? because you are going to be completely at odds to them. You won't understand what they're trying to do and there'll be a problem with boundaries, everything. Um, I was thinking of, sorry, wait, 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 no, yeah, I was thinking of this, this uh, parent and child that I was just dealing with recently. And she is of that opinion where, look, because I offered obviously her to do the inner work with me and have her subconscious rewiring sessions, do, do all the sort of coaching as well that she has to do. Um, she's like, no, no, no. I don't have time for that. I'm really busy. I've got multiple businesses. Um, you know, I'm fine. I'm mm. fine. Just deal with the child. And then the teen says to me in very open, and she's she's also an introvert, I know she is. And you know, she, she it's not normal for her to be so expressive and share feelings. But with that all that in mind, she did share with me quite easily. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, I feel that my mum. I said, yeah, so you connect with your mum, don't you? She goes, no, I, I feel like my mum, I would love more connection with her. I feel like she's just hiring people to fix me. You know, whether that's me, therapy coaching, um, tuition, you know, tutors for different things just to get me to success. Where actually, you know, I think if my mum would just connect with me and work, you know, have that one-on-one -on -one time, that would be great. But how can she do that, Jihad? Yeah. How can the mum even, even when I suggested it, obviously, but I'm suggesting it and it's just conscious, isn't it? And she's just thinking, yeah, but I do sit and cuddle with her and I do listen to her. Yeah. That's great. That's a brilliant first step. But unless she actually does the work, she doesn't realise what's yeah. going on and what's actually holding that child back, isn't it? And I know she's had a very sort of challenging life. There's lots of things that's going on in her life. But it's like they don't see themselves as needing the inner work. And unfortunately, we're in that scenario then I can't force her right mm -hmm. I'm working with the teen and she's getting better and inshallah she'll get the grades and everything so mum will be happy but have they actually connected on that you know where they could actually you know their their nervous system is in tune I think it's got attunement where they're in, in the same wavelength let me say and you know there's real oxytocin and bonding happening it's not going to happen mm. because she's standing in the way of growth yes you know? Yes, absolutely. And did you say that? I'm not sure if I heard it right. Does she want to get the grace to make her mum happy or does she want it for herself? Ultimately, it's got to be about the mum. Yeah. yeah. So can you see and, and obviously we were trying to, yeah, get, you know, what's your best life ever? Let's think about your best year. You know, how can we really make it? But it was about the things she wants to do are fine, but it ultimately is for the parent. And, you know, I kind of have this rule of thumb myself as an educator as well. I still believe in education. It's not that I'm saying, you know, throw that away. I do make a rule that I think as 16-year-olds, they should graduate high school. They should 
complete their GCSEs, give it their all, get the best grades as possible. Why? Because we're living in a world, we're living in reality where we need a certain level of education to open up doors. Even if that person is going to become an entrepreneur and do so many different things, um, it's important. So I kind of have that rule of thumb that I will support the parent when it comes to that level. Whether they go on to do A-levels, B-tech or something else, it's a bit of a gray area. Ideally, 18 would be great for them to cut free from the education system. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I've kind of... Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. 100% they've got to do it. And then between 16 and 18, there's a little bit gray, but ideally I would love to have something at 18 that they've done it. Now they're free to sort of, you know, do, pursue their interests. What do you think? I 100% agree with you on that, of course. And, and, and doing that at the same time as not neglecting the child's needs and the child's passions and, and, and talents as well. Because as you said, we live in a society where education is important, opens a lot of doors for you. If that wasn't the case, if everybody can go and you know pursue their talents and everything without having to have education, great. But the fact no. that we are... <laughs> I mean, th- this is how it is in the current society where we have to have that, you know, kind of the foundation, really. Uh, but it is it's very important also to not neglect your child's talents at the same time and making sure that you are developing those talents, whether it is in, in getting them to do hobbies related to the talents or, you know, other activities on the side or anything else. Like, for example, you said about your son, who is very good with creativity. Yeah. And um, <laughs> education is more about, you know, not much. I mean, there is a bit of creativity, but not too oh, much. Isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So mm-hmm. as long as we are are you know um nurturing that personality as well on the side so we're doing both um so that we're making sure that the child is as successful as possible in the current time that we're living in you had i think that's kind of what you've hit on and if i think about it, that's in a way my built my stumbling block that's where i am trying to break down that barrier that look i get it you want this and this and this and like i say they'll look at me and think well look your daughter's doing medicine so you know so that's why i put the post out about my son as well to give the balance yeah. but that's where we are it's yeah. it's about trying to look at what's actually really important to you because like i said i'll have so many young adults and teens who come to me on my instagram page personally dming me saying you know i've got all this pressure i really want to do well and they're self-harming and they don't know how to speak to their parents. I said, let me speak to your parents. Mm. They can't do it. So but like, could you not just work with me without them knowing? And obviously I can't, I have to have um, permission signed off, etc. And so there's, there's a lot there. So if I could get, if that, you know, understanding, because what you just said, you know, what actually is important here? Yeah. It's the well-being of your child, isn't it? What is the point of them getting the grades and they're totally burnt out, totally broken inside, and then they start to isolate themselves? Because this is what I hear. My teen doesn't come out of, or the young adult doesn't come out of their room. They're always on socials. Um, and, you know, you know what I've learned as well, which I know is really weird, but that phone is actually become like their best friend. Yeah. When you try to take that phone away, <laughs> I know we're going off topic, but when they do that, it's really... It's like you've just completely isolated them then. They don't feel that they can come out of the room. Why? Because when they do, there's a lot of criticism. There's a lot of comparison. There's a lot of, have you done, there's so many questions. And they don't want to go, I don't want to come out of my room because there's so many questions. And I don't know. Those questions are like, what's the word? They're like, um, like leading towards a trap. (laughs) Leading towards a trap of um, the team just feeling like a failure. Okay, I didn't get this done. I didn't do this and I didn't do that. Yeah. So that's yeah. why they stay indoors, you know, yeah. and so that's where we are, you know, yeah. and I think that is probably the million dollar sort of yeah. question, how to get, and obviously this radio show is really helping, I think, in educating parents that, you know, um, like you said, you know, try to work on their talents, you know, yeah. when you said that Jihad, I thought, wow, that's like, that'd be beautiful <laughs> if, we could, if we could get parents to, to accept that and to realise that. Yeah. And, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to mention this as well, is that when we don't, as parents and as a community, not value or, or give mental health its real real sort of you know, position and, and due and, and, and energy and focus, when we don't do that, then actually what the team does is they, they actually come away from the room. They just, they really feel like, well, then what is this Allah, you know? Yeah like you know why you want me to pray like I'm praying nothing's working and they really fall into that and unfortunately then any guidance and goodwill and wisdom that you clearly have as parents 
it, they're just cut off from it. There's like a big barrier. And unfortunately, you know, it's like, you didn't understand me. You didn't understand my mental health. You didn't get the help I needed. You got me the help too late. And therefore you and Allah are like that. I'm just going to be me and my phone. Then there's, and think, yeah, and I feel that that's really happening a lot. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. why in the out in the in the initially with the, with the child, I really do try to um, build up their self worth and their connection to Allah. I yeah. say it's, it's your journey, you and Allah. And yeah. mashallah, a lot of them do believe in Allah. You know, as you push them a bit further, and Alhamdulillah, that's why I have that unique position. I'm not there. Islamic studies teacher, I'm not their mother, their auntie, even their teacher, like I'm not looking for any right or wrong answers for you, it, it really is just about you, connecting you with yourself, yeah. you and Allah, and then I know every, all good things will happen then, when they have that connection, you know, but. I love that, I love that, mashallah, because yeah. that connection is very important, they said, you know, the young people are lacking that, not because they don't want to, as you said, they do want to, right, and I love how you summarise it there, they say, mm-hmm. you and Allah, but me and the phone, that's exactly what is happening now. But then how do we connect them to Allah as well? So that's that's something mashallah, that you do. And I feel like, you know, um, maybe the listeners, they, they, they would love to probably get in touch with you because that, I think what you do is amazing in the community. So could you share, and, and I've seen in your, in your Instagram as well, you kind of share tips and videos and stuff like that that are really beneficial. So could you share with us your Instagram? So just in case somebody would love to benefit from oh, the tips that you provide. Yeah, that would be really helpful. Um, so it's just at cloud9mindset. I think it's the number nine. Yeah, cloud at number nine mindset. Um, on Instagram and then you know I guess um, my name Serena Rizal in my Facebook profile you could catch me there as well and yeah I, I do try to give lots of tips for you know tips of anxiety tips for you know how you as the mum can support them lots of different things and then you know I think recently it's just you know summer is here you know how to help them and where you have a well-balanced summer because you know um, a lot of parents and I, I understand they'll be like you know just do something you should be doing something but they need some structure they need some support in that you know um, and then yeah they could have a goal right I mean it'd be wonderful if they could you could give them a reading list say you know what what don't you read a one of the personal development books that would be amazing but why not do it yourself as the parent that'd be great <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry i'm having to cut it short here but serena but we'll have to bring you on this show again because this has been amazing so inshallah we will provide inshallah another show where we bring you in um and also um listeners if you would like to um know a bit more about the personality work that i do please do get in touch with us on 0779481822 it has come to the end of the show so thank you listeners samina thank you so much but i'll definitely have to bring you in the show again inshallah um inshallah until next time everyone jazakumullah khair assalamu alaikum thank you for listening to our podcast why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.